7 o'clock. Good morning, pile. Jam and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trust name in automobiles. It's going to be a tough show to do today. There's nothing to talk about. Nothing happened yesterday. Oh, that's right. Nick Saban retired. Oh, that's right. Bill Belichick is, is going to get fired. Uh, he's not getting fired. It's um, more like a divorce. Well, okay, so it's like your wife throwing you out of the house. You didn't get dumped. You just got told to go somewhere else. Like uh, he said, Bob. essentially Sunday and Monday, that he's, com- he's coming to work and they're going to have to fire him. Bob. Essentially his. Bob, Bob, I've got a question, Bob. Yeah, Bill, what is it? Can I keep the dog? No. Can I sleep in the guest room until I get an apartment? Oh, I well, suppose. He's got a boat. I think he'll be. <laughs> it's like Robert Kraft and he'll Hillary. Be fine. It's like they're getting divorced. Jeez. Play along. Jeez. <laughs> Play along with the bit. Killing me here. It's like they're getting divorced, dude. Yeah, it's, uh, it's divorce. It's going to happen. Press conference this morning. Bill Belichick, 24 years, six Super Bowls. Will uh, no longer be the head coach of the New England Patriots. And then uh, Pete Carroll still wanted to be the coach of the Seattle Seahawks until he said, how about, some, how about a front office consultant job? How about that? How about you do that instead? So he got some reaction to all these stories from yesterday. Also, um, the story coming out of California, where the state legislature there wants to ban tackle football for kids under 12. They have until the end of the month to make that happen. The full assembly has, like I said, until the end of January to approve it. Then it'll go to the state Senate, then to Governor Gavin Newsom out in California. I, my, my thought is this, as a parent, you, you have the right, in my opinion, to make a decision, what you, what you feel is best for you and your child. Mm-hmm. Personally, you know, having a son that, that played and, and, and my son dealing with concussions and things like that, you know, and, and probably looking back, maybe would have him play football later. Probably would have, would have done something differently, but didn't know. I'm not going to condemn anybody, though, that says, hey, I want my kid to play football, and they're, they're under the age of 12. I'm not going to do that. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of good things about playing football. I mean, flag football for kids under 12, I, you know, just my personal opinion. I think it's a good way to go, and I get it, though, that the, the skill set's different. You don't learn things like tackling and, and those, kind of, those kind of vital and important skills playing flag football. I, I think the reducing the incidence of head trauma, things like that, I think that's obviously a, that's the reason behind this, first and foremost, that that's something that you have to consider, you have to weigh as a parent. I do think youth football has worked really hard to improve identifying when, when a, a child has 
taking a, a blow and pulling them out and keeping them out and those kind of things. I think we've improved in that level at the, at the high school level. It's never going to be perfect. It's contact sport. It's 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 a sport that's a collision sport. It's beyond contact. It's a collision sport. And you're never going to take, you're never going to make it entirely safe. No. You're never going to make, last sports, you're never going to, hockey, you're never going to make it entirely safe. Now, hockey, one of the comparisons with hockey has been, well, kids can't check until a certain age. And mm-hmm. then that's, that's part of, of learning that sport. It's kind of tough to do that with football where we're going to put the pads on, but you're not going to tackle. I just feel like I don't, it's like a helmet law. I've rode motorcycles for a very long time. I believe you should wear one. I absolutely think you should wear a helmet. I think you're, I think you're kind of ridiculous if you don't. No offense to those that don't wear a helmet and they ride their motorcycle. I can have the breeze blowing in my hair. Yeah, I like my, I like keeping my brains intact. And so. Also like having a head for the hair to sit on. Exactly. I, I, so I prefer to wear a helmet. Riding dirt bikes, helmets bailed me out more times than I care to care to mention in terms of smacking my head on the ground. But I don't feel like you should have it. It should be mandated. I don't feel like it needs to be a law. I think parents should have the right to decide if they want their kid to play tackle football or not. I, I just, you know, my opinion is, would, would I have done it differently with my son? Yeah, probably differently. Probably still, still would have encouraged Nick to play if he wanted to play. Once again, had to be, he want, he'd have to want to do it. I'm going to make my kid. I never made my kids do anything. Should never make your kid do something. Unless it's <laughs> clean up their room or do their chores or the stuff they're supposed to do. I was going to say, you've covered sports for a long time, and that's. Yeah. But yeah, I know. That's half of the sports uh, we cover. I'm just going on my own personal. Yeah. This is my own personal feeling here. I don't feel like, though, there should be a law that mandates that you your kids can't play football under the age of 12. Tackle football. I think that needs to be still a parental decision that, that they make. You need to weigh, though, as a parent, the, the pros and cons there. Because the evidence has now gotten more compelling and in terms of young person's brain development, contact, those kind of things. I'm, I just, my, my, my gut reaction to this is parents should have the right to decide that if they want their child to play football tackle football that's just my opinion on it i think people i think people are well-intentioned i think they are i think they, they they have good intentions here but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's that gives them carte blanche to go i know what's better for your kid than you do in this case that's my opinion on it I'm not going to demonize these people for, for wanting to protect kids. I, I, I respect that. Nobody wants kids to get hurt or suffer brain trauma. But I, also, I just don't trust politicians enough yeah. to feel that this is not somehow disingenuous. I, yeah, I, I, just, I just feel like... I don't we, trust that they actually have the kids' well-being at heart. I don't, like, I don't like legislating intelligence and decision-making over mm. things that... People should make that decision for themselves, like the helmet law. Right. You need to make that decision for yourself. My decision is to wear a helmet. Maybe yours is not. And if you don't wear a helmet and there's consequences to that, well, then you have to live with those consequences. If you're going to have your kid play tackle football at the age of 12, you know what, what the, the risks are going in. Mm-hmm. 
and you either accept that or you don't. And if you don't, then you play. The kid plays flag football, and you decide later on you, when you get to that point when they're twelve whether or not you want that to move into tackle football. And I, I understand the the folks that are, are youth football coaches out in California where this does put them potentially behind other states as far as kids developing as football players. I get that. I understand that. I just think it needs to be a decision you make with your with your child about this and not have somebody at the at the state level telling you, yeah, your kid can't do this. Yeah, I'm with you there. I that's, just... that's that that's that's my my feeling about it. I just I don't like somebody saying in this case, your kid can't play this sport because we think this sport is too dangerous for your kid at this level. I just I just that I, and I this is how I felt about this for a long time. You need to be you need to be able to make the decision you feel is best for your kid in this case. But do the research though. Don't just go blindly into it. Do the research, read up on it, appropriate anecdotal research about head injuries for, 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 for kids playing sports. Don't just go into it blindly. I mean, give it some thought. Take, take a yeah. beat and think about it. At that, we should probably take it out of the hands of politicians then. Just to, to ask that they do research and read about it is... That's a bridge too far for politicians, most of well, them. I, yeah, but I'm just asking this for parents. No, I'm with you. 100 yeah, percent there. I just I don't I mean, what do you I mean, what do you feel about this? I, I just feel like I don't I don't like the idea of be, have it being legislated to parents. You your kid cannot do this. I the first the thing that really pops into my mind, I think it's attributed to George Carlin. I don't know who said it. The average person's intelligence. You have to realize that half of the people are dumber than that. That's the first thing that pops into my head. Like, there are parents that are going to want their kids to play tackle football no matter what the potential harm is. And there are parents who won't want their kids to play tackle football no matter how safe it's made. And that's and that, that that needs to be a decision made by those people. Exactly. And that's what I uh, the next thing I was going to say is why is this something that people feel needs to be made into a law? Like isn't there other things that we want these people to be working on? And this is the state legislature. This is in California. So keep in mind, this is the state level, not a federal right. level. But still, yeah, but you're right. There, because Cali- we is the royal we is in America. California's got their their problems, their issues. If I'm voting on politicians to be in our state legislature or our city council or Congress, this is not what I'm like, oh, they're going to ban tackle football? Yay, vote. No, or no vote either. It doesn't matter. That's not what I'm electing them to do. Legislate whether kids can play tackle football. How about... I'll do that for my own kids. How about address our highways, job creation... Healthcare, all the, and all the things that you you vote for people, for people to mm-hmm. the things they're supposed to work on, the kitchen table issues. Yeah, is this I, a kid? Is this a kitchen table issue? I have Not a much my lower opinion. bar that just do one. Yeah. I don't need you to focus on all of those things. Just at least do one thing positive for the country, because most of them really don't. And this is not it. Like, oh, you, your kid can't play tackle football. Why? 
oh, well, because he was born prior or born after 2013. It's a very arbitrary deadline, isn't it? Yeah, we just yeah, we, we don't think your kid who's under the age of 12 should play tackle football. Well, growing up, I mean, rode motorcycles when I was seven. Mm-hmm. What about I mean, the 12-year-old I mean, who's a the... foot smaller than the other 12-year-old? Yeah. He's of Exa- age. Yeah, exactly. I. But that the bigger kid has meals bigger than that little kid. But it's fine now because of his birthday. Has nothing to do with his physical body development. It's all about when he was born. Just a random arbitrary day. You know, in California, high school football numbers have dropped. Nationally, numbers still hold really steady in high school football. But in the state of California, the numbers have dropped. And they would gradually phase this in. Uh, be phased in prohibiting children under 6 starting in 2025, under 10 in 2027, those under 12 in 2029. So it wouldn't be boom right out of the gate. It would be phased in, but still... You know, do I think kids six years old should be playing tackle football? Eh, probably not. I mean, that's just my opinion, though. Mm-hmm. If you want your kid to play, that's your choice. That's that's your decision you make. I probably wouldn't have my kid play that at that age. But I also don't feel like somebody from the state level should tell you, you you're a bad parent because your kid wants to play when they're six years old or you, you're willing to let them play. I think that's ridiculous. It's another in a long line of you probably should stop trying to rain, horn yourself into everybody's family decision. Uh, how about some just some common sense here? How about some common sense. Let let parents make the decision on this is America, Jim. We don't have common. Yeah, you know, and, and I, yeah. <laughs> there's there's some things parents get involved with. That they go way over the top and it's ridiculous and it's 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 silly. It's mm-hmm. stupid some occasions. But this is where I'm gonna say, look, if you wanted if you want your kid to play and your kid wants to play and you you know going in what what some of the potential risks are, I'm okay with that. That should be your right to decide that. I don't need somebody to tell me that my kid that I'm a bad parent because mm-hmm. my kid wants to play and I'm gonna let him play. Should I, uh, I? There's just bigger things for them to worry about. Absolutely. Should they I, be trying to ban Clifford the Big Red Dog or the Berenstein <laughs> Bears or something? Like, there's bigger things on the table for these people other than kids playing tackle football. Yeah, I think, like I said, in the state of California, they got a lot of problems. They got a lot of issues out there. And I would think the state legislature out in California has got enough on their plate mm-hmm. that this is something that's. Not really something they should be spending a lot of time on, but that's that's my opinion. Fix I, all the other stuff and then bring your people home. Yeah. And once again, we understand the risks of playing football. It's not like we are. we On this program, we've never turned a blind eye to. No. You know, we both love football. We both have played football at various stages of our, our life. And I understand the risks of it. I understand the risks of it from what my son went through. Mm-hmm. But I love football. But I'm not, like I said, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not blind to what, what some of the repercussions are, some of the health risks are. You but can't make everything safe all the time. You can't do it. It's just, it, you just can't. What's, what's this? Pe- more people are killed by vending machines than sharks. You know what's still every, you know what are in schools right now? They're vending, vending machines. machines. Yeah, it's. They may have water and juice instead of mellow yellow, like when I was in middle school, <laughs> but it also never fell on anybody, as far as I'm aware. 
I said there's a lot of things that that we do that are hazardous. Kids skiing, kids snowboarding. Mm-hmm. That's safe. Probably not. I want to outlaw the snow. I slipped on it coming. I didn't fall, yeah. but I slipped a little yeah, I just, coming in this morning. You got some reactions. I just, like I said, I just have a problem with with a state legislature telling parents you can't, you're not going to let you, we're not going to let your kid do this because we don't think it's safe for your kid. But I get to decide what I want to do, Mike, in this case. I get to decide what I want to do in this case. It's not a blanket thing. My kid needs to go to school. My, you know, there there are requirements of of people in society and of children in society of things they have to do. But this is something it's it's sports, and I feel like I should be able to make that decision as a parent. So anyway, I didn't didn't mean for that to turn into <laughs> that lengthy of a of a discussion. But if you got some reaction to that today, Nick Saban, there are people that. You know, hate him, Nick, Sa- Nick Satan. As a college football coach, though, he was pretty damn prolific. Six titles at Alabama, one one at LSU, and then there's Bill Belichick, who six Super Bowl championships. And here's a very quick little factoid: because we had yesterday Saban retiring, Belichick mm-hmm. the press conference I think set like at the end of our show this morning. Uh, that Kraft and Belichick will announce the, the divorce. And then Pete Carroll mm-hmm. yesterday. Interesting thing about these three guys, same day. Nick Saban replaced Pete Carroll as Ohio State oh, secondary coach. Yeah, it was one of my downs for four Oh, territory. I'm sorry. That's okay. Can we let it go? No, it's good. We already, there, used, we, we already said it. Because there's other stuff here. No, that was the only one that I had. So Okay. I'm sorry. You're good. I did not know. But he did that in 1980. Yes. And then Belichick worked with Saban in Cleveland, 91 to 94. Belichick replaced Carroll as the Patriots head coach in 2000. And all three no longer coaching their football teams Mm -hmm. all in the same day, pretty much, 24-hour period. Sorry, I didn't mean to blow your your thing up there, by the way. I feel bad. Slightly. All right. (laughs) Dexter, call us today on the team line, 970-242-1340. Uh, no, if we're going to have Mark Johnson or not, because Mark was at Cal last night. Uh, bad night for the Nuggets. Bad night for the CU Buffs. Abs were really good last night. That's the choo-choo train just keeps on chugging along, man. Yeah, he's... Malari Nachushkin's been Whatever phenomenal. happened in Seattle is completely... Forgotten now. Forgotten by him, at least, it yes. feels like. And uh, Kyle Keefe of Altitude will join us coming up at 920 this morning. Of course, uh hosts the uh, the studio show for uh, the Avs broadcast over on Altitude. So uh, we'll talk with him coming up in the 9 o'clock hour this morning. Uh, John Sedanich, Central Boys coach, and also uh, Palisade Boys coach, uh, Corey Hitchcock, is going to join us this hour on the program. But uh, time right now for... What's happening? And it's brought to you by ComWest. They're your technology service partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. One call, one team, one goal, helping your business grow. With cybersecurity, backup and disaster recovery, PC and server support, they can also install surveillance cameras for you and upgrade your business phone system. Call them today at ComWest to help you with your IT needs. 970-242-8142 or go to ComWestCorp.com. All right, uh, 
huge day yesterday in the world of football, both college and NFL, as one of uh, college football's greatest coaches announced his retirement Wednesday. After 24 seasons at Alabama, 72-year-old Nick Saban is stepping aside after winning six national titles with the Crimson Tide and a national title at LSU. He coached college football for 28 seasons and spent two years as the coach of the Miami Dolphins. Oregon coach Dan Lanning and Texas coach Steve Sarkeesian are among the rumored names to replace Saban. Another legendary football coach is also in a period of transition. According to the NFL Network, New England coach Bill Belichick and owner Robert Kraft have agreed to part ways after 24 years and six Super Bowl titles. The 71-year-old Belichick still has one year left in his contract, and the Patriots have agreed to not accept compensation if Belichick goes to another team. New England linebacker coach Gerard Mayo is an early candidate to replace Belichick. Press conference set for 10 o'clock this morning with Kraft and Belichick. Another longtime NFL coach is moving into a different role. The announcement that Pete Carroll will no longer be the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. The 72-year-old Carroll will move into the front office as a consultant in Seattle, but told reporters he wanted to remain as the Seahawks head coach. He got at Seattle for 14 seasons and two Super Bowls, and the win over the Broncos in Super Bowl 48. Can you uh, cue the music for me? Yeah, give me two seconds. We have Valari Nachushkin scored two power play goals in Colorado's 3-0 home win of the Vegas Golden Knights on Wednesday. Nachushkin has 22 goals and is tied for the team's goal-scoring lead with Nathan McKinnon. Colorado coach Jared Bednar says a good part of their game carried over from the shootout win against Boston. The last couple games, their commitment to check and play the right way has been it's been really good. I thought the difference in the games looked like both teams were a little bit more tired. Like, it didn't have the pace, physicality. Like, that Boston game was intense, but both teams looked like they were well-rested. Avs goalie Alexander Georgiev made 25 saves in the win. Cutter sits with 57 points. They're one point behind Winnipeg for the Central Division lead and the overall points lead in the NHL. The Denver Nuggets' lack of success at Utah continued Wednesday night in their 124-111 loss to the Jazz. Denver's lost 15 of the last 16 games at Utah, with the Nuggets giving up 40% from three-point range. Jordan Clarkson led the Jazz with 27 points, but Denver paced by Nikola Jokic with 27 points and 11 rebounds. The Colorado men's basketball team blew a 20-point lead to fall at Cal 82-78 Wednesday night. Star freshman Cody Williams was back in the lineup, but the Buffs couldn't stop the Golden Bears' three-point shooting with Cal hitting 14 on the night. CU center Eddie Lampkin scored a career-high 22 points and pasted, or excuse me, posted his fifth double-double of the season with 11 rebounds. The Buffs fall to 11-5. and five. They're 2-3 and three in the Pac-12 as they looked in their three-game losing streak when they host USC on Saturday. The Fruto Monument wrestling team captured the jackpot duels Wednesday night at Central High School. Wildcats, Kel Unrine, Gage Chelowitzki, LJ George, Ben Romero, Oren Meese, Will Stewart, Trent Target, True Tobias, and Tatum Williams all picked up wins. The Warriors, J.P. Espinosa, and Hassan Mains won championships for Central. Tanner Rorig and Spencer uh, Petke won for Grand Junction with Tobin Trottier winning for Palisade. And that's a look at... What's happening? Brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. If you need help for your business with IT, your business phone system, or better surveillance, call them today, 970-242-8142, or go to comwestcorp.com. All right. State of California, they would like to ban tackle football for kids under the age of 12. Got some reaction to that today. Also, Nick Saban. A lot of people hate Nick Saban. Alabama fans adore him. Saban is a complicated guy, no doubt about it. Likewise for Bill Belichick as well. Got some thoughts about those two. I wonder if he's going to be on the stairs of a team plane 
saying he's going to retire, much like leaving Miami. Exactly. I'm not going to be the head coach of Alabama. Pay no mind to the decal on the tail of this plane. No, I'm not going to go to Alabama. No, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to be the coach of Alabama. Well, suppose his wife, Ms. Terry, was the one that told him he should go to Alabama. That she, blame it on the wife. That she drives a lot of his decisions, according to uh, the book that we, we had the author on here several years ago, that she drives a lot of his decisions. And perhaps she played a big role in this one, too, you would think. All right, 724, text or call us on the team line, 970-242-1340. Good morning, gentlemen. What are the haps? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Central Boys basketball with Coach John Sedanich on the team. And Warriors coach John Sedanich brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. John Sedanich joins us. John, good morning. Thanks for coming on for a little bit. Yeah, Jim, how are you doing this morning? I, I'm doing fine. Uh, congratulations. Uh, first game of Southwestern League play. You hosted Montrose. They were red hot, playing great defense. A 9-0 and start for Ryan Volringer's team. They come into your place, though. And you get the job done in that uh, league opener, 43-31, with one of the best defensive efforts uh, you've had all season long. Got to be just thrilled with the way your guys played the other night, Tuesday night, in that victory against the Redhawks. Yeah, you, I mean, you always want to get off to a good start. And, you know, obviously the uh, playing, you know, playing them early, and uh, it's always kind of a weird, weird matchup for, you know, right out of the break. And, you know, I think, uh, schedule helped us a little bit. We were able to get a game under our belt, and you know I do think they were a little rusty, and I expect that to be different, you know, when we go up there in a few weeks. But yeah, I was just really proud of our boys. Yeah, just how you said, looking at the numbers this season, I mean, it's uh, it equals, I believe, a a season low in terms of points given up. Uh, you had a, where uh, you gave up 31 points in that win against Rifle. So, uh, what was the key defensively? to have that success against Caleb Ferguson and that really good Montrose team? Yeah, I, you know, Ryland did a, um, yeah, he, he just took the challenge and, uh, you know, he had the big kid from Basalt on Saturday and I think that helped prepare him for Caleb. Uh, and, you know, we were able to, felt like Cam was everywhere, Cam Redding, just um, helping Ryland and um, our guards were, um our guards were really good pressuring the ball, made it hard on their guards to get it into Caleb and um, mixed up our defenses a little bit. And um, I think that that helped also. So, and we rebounded probably the best we've rebounded all season. So, yeah, Cam running with 15 points, but he took some charges in that game. Like you said, uh, really did a nice job of, uh, of helping yeah. out defensively and, and just really helped to kind of set the tone for your basketball team. Yeah, the um, you don't see the the hat trick for charges very often. I don't even know if that's a thing, but um, um, didn't see any hats come on the floor at the time. But um, it was, uh, yeah, you know, he's I I don't know. I can't you know I can't say enough about Cam. He um, he's the first guy that when he makes a mistake, he's the first guy to go back and take a charge. And uh, you know, he just he gets everybody going and. And uh, just kind of fuels fuels our fire. Johnson Edge, Central Warriors boys basketball coach, with us on the team, and and I think you know Ferguson had twelve, and certainly you know Ryland did a nice job on him defensively, and Ryland chipped in with ten points of his own 
in, in that one against the Red Hawks. But uh, reckon Hutto's been one of their better scorers. Shut him out. And and that was a big uh, difference in that game as well as, as Hutto was not able to, to provide his usual offensive contribution. Yeah, I, you know, we... We went a little bit smaller against them. Um, we started Asher Carter and and uh, you know Cam guarded um, the Hutto kid and and just really gave him a lot of problems and and it, you know that it allowed Cam to help a little bit more and um, we had our three other guards on their guards and uh, so it it just you know it just it just worked out. It was one of those nights, I guess. So. <laughs> Central Warriors boys coach John Sedanich with us. Warriors off to one and zero starting league. They're six and five overall. And Saturday you you go to Glenwood Springs uh, to take on the Demons. And so far this season uh, for Glenwood Springs, uh, they've uh, had some pretty good performances from Sim Winger. He's been their their leading scorer on the season. Um, Winger so far uh, for the the Demons has been averaging about fifteen points per game. Uh, they've also had uh, some good performances from our Jenny Renteria as well. He's in double digits, almost thirteen points per game. So it's a a demon squad that uh, win loss wise, uh, the record's not sensational, but a couple of pretty talented players in those two. Yeah, don't um, yeah, don't let their record fool you. They've uh, um, played some really uh, talented teams um, before break. I was just kind of looking at their schedule. Uh, we saw Golden play. They lost to Golden. They lost to Holy Family. Lewis Palmer. Um, a couple teams from Wyoming that are really good, and I don't know if you remember Matt Phillips, Jim, but Matt's well, sure. coaching at Res- Resurrection Christian, and um, they they beat. I know he's got a really good squad, and they beat Glenwood by one. So, yeah, I I expect it to uh, be a um, a very good game. You know, at their place, I know they have Fruita tonight, so uh, looking forward to watching that one. See see what they do against Fruita, but yeah, you know, it's going to be a could be a different challenge for us you know they play they play different than basalt and montrose i thought basalt and montrose are very similar and um glenwood's a little bit more um they get out like to get out and run a little bit more and you know they don't really have a, a traditional post player so it'll be a little bit different a little bit different challenge and uh you know we'll probably put cam on the on the wagner kid and see how it goes yeah, you mentioned Matt Phillips, a little blast from the past, former Grand Junction Tiger football player, played at CSU. Was a member of that uh, 88 uh, state championship uh, football team uh, for Coach Dave Warmack and, uh, and of course, now coaching, as you mentioned, high school basketball over at uh, Resurrection Christian. And then on Tuesday, yeah, Battle Mountain, they're 1-9 they're and nine on the season right now, uh, uh, John, and, and this Battle Mountain basketball team, uh, Cooper Skidmore has been their top scorer at nine points per game, but uh, it's a Battle Mountain team that's... Uh, kind of scuffling right now a little bit yeah i you know i know this is gonna sound a little cliche but honestly jim i haven't i've been <laughs> i've been watching so much <laughs> film on glenwood i haven't um looked looked a whole lot ahead at, at battle mountain i know i know they are struggling a little bit just looking obviously you look at records and stuff but um yeah i, I think it, it's going to be one of those games that you know we'll finish with glenwood saturday and um got monday off so i'll have some time to been looking at them a little bit but yeah I, I think hopefully you know we'll and if we could um you know if we can play well saturday I just i just like how we're playing right now and we'll just try to keep working hard and keep it rolling all right of course we'll have coverage uh, full court coverage on tuesday 
as uh, both central teams take on Battle Mountain. Also, Palisade hosting Fruit of Monuments. We'll have coverage right here on the Team Sports Network of all that action coming up on Tuesday. Hey, John, uh, appreciate the time as always. Congratulations on the win against uh, Montrose, and and uh, appreciate you coming on short notice this morning. Yeah, they'll. You know, I, I look forward to going back up there. They they didn't. They're uh, one thing I didn't mention. They they didn't have their shooter, the Jackson. I can't remember Jackson's last name. He's number twenty one, but um, so that that helped us guard Caleb a little bit. So we'll uh, we'll have to probably adjust next time we go up there. But um, yeah, it was a good uh, good start to the new year, and hopefully we can keep it going. John, appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, thanks, Jim. We'll see you guys. All right, take care, John Sedanich, coach of the Central boys basketball team and uh, they hope to uh, have uh, Blake Rooks back as well so uh, they'll I think uh, John said the other day when we talked and they hope to have him uh, who's had a uh, just a, a great start to the season the freshman uh, they hope to have him available maybe for the Glenwood game and uh, certainly for the Battle Mountain game uh, and he's been their their leading scorer this season all right 735 Corey Hitchcock Palisade boys coach coming up in just a few minutes uh, a couple things to well a lot of things to comment on today Nick Saban announcing his retirement. Are do you respect? Do you hate Saban or are are you like myself? They're they're flaws. He's a flawed man, like we all are. We're all flawed people. Because he could be difficult with the media, dishonest about the dolphin situation and going to Alabama. There are things about him that, it, like I said, a lot of it's with the media. He's he could be absolutely a turd with with the media mm-hmm. but the guy's a hell of a coach won six national championships at alabama won one at lsu knocked on the door a couple of other times and is in my opinion one of the greatest college football coaches of all time i don't know how you don't have nick saban uh, on your list and also with bill belichick that they're parting ways where will belichick go next will belichick decide alabama I'm just kidding. No, I don't think Bill has any appetite to go coach college football and recruit. And I don't think, yeah, I don't think Bill's much of a let's go sit, let's go sit in somebody's living room and have dinner with the family. You know, I'll take really good care of what's your kid's name again? Larry. I'll take really good care of Larry. Or somebody that I hire will take really good care of Larry. Yeah, he doesn't really seem to like adults, let alone kids. I just yeah, I just cannot imagine Bill Belichick ever. But then again, Nick Saban didn't a college really seem to like adults either. No, no, or kids. So some reaction to that today with the Belichick press conference set for about ten o'clock this morning to announce that he'll no longer be the coach of the New England Patriots. Uh, said Saban announcing his retirement yesterday. You end of an era certainly with Nick Saban at Alabama, where that program was in the pits when he when he came there their glory days were mm-hmm. were long gone and uh were st- obviously restored them to uh, and even took them to even greater heights than previously all right 737 texter call us chick-fil-a breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340 it's time for sound check ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention i've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story and i need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. 
Well, unfortunately, this is going to be a little bit Aaron Rodgers-centric. He had his press conference earlier this week. Thought we weren't going to talk about Aaron Rodgers anymore. Uh, you don't have to. Oh, okay. This is not necessarily... <laughs> That's a ban for me, personally. This isn't us talking Aaron Rodgers. This is Jets fan and one of the team lineup of hosts, Rich Eisen, talking about Aaron Rodgers. Okay. <sighs> and he, he said something dismaying, to be straight up with you, about whatever's going on in that building that uh, isn't about winning. Listen to this soundbite. Anything in, the, in the, this building that we're doing individually or collectively that has nothing to do with real winning needs to be assessed. And the bull that has nothing to do with winning needs to get out of the building. And I, I just, because I always shoot straight here, you know, his appearances on Pat's show don't strike me as have anything to do with winning except winning whatever culture wars he cares to wage on ESPN's air. Did he address that today, too? Somebody he did. asked him he about did. that? Someone asked him about it. He said he's going to talk about it. Tune into the show tomorrow. That sounds like that has zero to do with winning, too. Yeah, he's, but, talking, he's talking about the BS. He brought the BS. Yeah. He's the BS much. manufacturer. Yeah. That's a extreme lack of self-awareness, which... You don't always put the two in the same category, but Deion Sanders has an extreme lack of self-awareness, too. We'll talk about that in 40 on Territory. But oh, Okay, this morning I was listening to Maggie and Pearl talking about the Alabama job, and they, they have an absolute love affair with Deion Sanders. Perloff just, I think he wants to be one of Deion's kids. And they're talking about, what if, what if Deion considered going to Alabama? Well, wait a minute. They won four games this year. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. Stop. Why, why, what is Deion Sanders, and this is not me hating on Deion, what has he done to earn a job like Alabama? Jackson State, he was, he was good, and that, that program mm-hmm. he did a nice job turning around. That's great. That was at the FCS level. Yeah. Went to the Division One level. Colorado's a much better place now that he's there than they were prior to him being there. There's not enough success, though, to get him the Alabama job. Stop it. Mm. Stop it. But uh, the thing I've noticed about Maggie and Pearl, unfortunately, they would not be out of place on ESPN. Sometimes, yes. I agree. Just let's throw the hot name and the hot story together and see what happens. I just... Oh, Nick Saber. What about Dion? It's like, well, no. Really? <laughs> out of... The probably two dozen Saban coaching tree acolytes that could take that job, Dion's not in there. I just, he had one, there was a brief shining period where Buffs football was exciting and The Rock was, yeah. Michael Irvin were he over at Folsom Field. 16 day stretch as the Buffs head coach. And are they better because of him? Yeah, they are. And hopefully 2024 will be great. But that doesn't get you the Alabama job. Right now, the most, one of the most coveted jobs in college football. Mm-hmm. All right, 741. Cody Hitchcock, or Corey Hitchcock, excuse me. Corey Hitchcock, head coach of the Palisade Boys basketball team, will join us next. Um, Palisade coming off a win against Rifle uh, a couple of days ago. So uh, we'll talk with him. They have Montrose coming up tomorrow night, by the way. And uh, he'll join us next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network online at theteam1340.com.
First of all, it's hilarious. Warped, twisted individuals. Yes. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Get in the huddle with Palisade Boys basketball coach Corey Hitchcock on the team. And Corey Hitchcock brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. His Bulldogs are 6-6 six and six right now. They take on Montrose tomorrow night. Corey Hitchcock with us. Good morning, Corey. How are you? Happy New Year. Good morning, Jim. Happy New Year to you too, man. Thanks for having me. Well, always a pleasure to talk with you about uh, your Bulldogs. As I mentioned, 6-6 six and six right now. You're, you're coming off that win against uh, Rifle a few days ago, 77-51, to where... Uh, Bones, Hunter Howard uh, with uh, just uh, one of his best games probably as a as a varsity basketball player, 24 points uh, to lead your team uh, for Hunter. Just uh, really a, a big offensive night against the Bears the other day. Yeah, I thought, you know, he shot the ball really, really well. You know, he also had nine rebounds and six assists. So he contributed in the game in many different ways, had three steals. Uh, you know, he's kind of the, the engine that makes us go. Uh, so uh, when he's up playing hard and and doing all those things like he usually does, it kind of bleeds into everybody else. Yeah, and Lane Rapelius also with a strong game as well. He had 14 points in that win uh, against uh, Rifle. So uh, both those guys uh, really contributing. Uh, uh, L.J. Balaguer had 11 points as well. So you got to like the way some of your other your guys have uh, started creating maybe a little more balance as far as your, your scoring goes, Corey. Yeah, you know, it's been fun to watch these guys grow this year and just play together and, you know, trust each other. Uh, they're starting to share the rock a little bit better now, and when you when you find open guys, you're able to hit down hit shots. And uh, you know it's been just fun watching that growth process from day one to now. We're we're slowly treading up and seeing a lot of good things, and and the guys uh, are starting to you know really really understand and, and click with what we what we're trying to do uh, as a program. And Palisade coming off the 77 to 51 win over Rifle. Head coach Corey Hitchcock with us today on the Team Sports Network and. And starting tomorrow night, you dive into really what's going to be your future, which next year will be the Southwestern League, Corey, with uh, with Montrose at your place tomorrow night. Then you play at Grand Junction. You host Fruit of Monument, uh, which will have uh, uh, that game on uh, the team part of full court coverage on Tuesday night. So, like I said, you, you really start to, to get a taste of what it's going to be like to be in the Southwestern League with these next three games. Oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, shoot, four of our next five are against Southwestern League opponents, and uh, – and they're all well coached, uh, and so you know we, we got to worry about Montrose tomorrow. Bo always has his guys ready to go. Uh, you know they, I know they didn't play particularly well on uh, Tuesday night. You know, first game back from break was a little bit of rust, and and Central kind of uh, took some things away from them. But you know they're going to be ready to go tomorrow. He's going to have them prepared. It's going to be a tough ball game, and I'm excited for our guys to get an opportunity to go out and compete with one of the top teams in the state. I imagine you scouted that game. What are some of your takeaways of some things that, uh, you know, certainly uh, what uh, what John and, and and his guys were able to do that uh, that you might uh, might take a page uh, from them coming up uh, tomorrow? Well, you know, I think the first thing is they did a great job just uh, keeping Ferguson in check. Uh, Nostrand did a, an amazing job down in that post, and the guards did a great job of kind of giving the Montrose guards some pressure. So, you know, defensively, John has his guys playing really well right now. Uh, you know, and I, you know, those first games back from break are always tough. I mean, uh, even our first game back this year for Summit, uh, we came out just a little flat. So, uh, you know, I don't. I, I suspect Montrose is going to be back to their usual ways tomorrow. I'd be shocked if they weren't. 
Um, they're a top team year in and year out for a reason. Uh, Vo, who I call Coy for Coach of the Year, that's what he is every year. Um, that guy always has his guys ready. Yeah, Caleb Ferguson with the 12 points of the night, but he's one of the, the best uh, big men in, in the Southwestern League. And then you get another really good big man that you have to take care of on, on Saturday with Will Applegate in Grand Junction, Dutch Johnson, back coaching the Tigers. And, and uh, Dutch has them playing really well right now. Yeah, you know, and that, that's, not, that's no surprise. I mean, Dutch, Dutch has been around a long time. If, if you coached here back, you know, against him back in the, you know, 2008, 2009, you, you got 2010 time, you got to see what his squads were like. Uh, you know, he's well-respected. You know, I consider him a friend and, and picked his brain over the years, and he does a great job with his guys, and they'll be ready to go to It's going to be uh, an interesting game being in the middle of the day at 1.30. I don't know how many fans are going to show up, but, uh, you know, they're going to be tough and, and they're going to, you know, it's going to be uh, one of those games that, uh, you know, we call rival games in the Valley. They're going to want to stick it to us and we're going to want to come out and bounce back from the loss that we took at our tournament. Corey Hitchcock, coach of the Palisade Bulldogs boys basketball team with us. You had that, uh, that nine-point loss to, to Grand Junction at uh, uh, your holiday tournament, uh, 49-40, to 40, so a chance for a little payback coming up on Saturday. And then uh, on, on Tuesday night, it's Fruital Monument, uh, the, the, the top team right now in the 6A RPI. Michael Wells' team is, is undefeated. Another really good big man, and, and Daniel Thomason for them. Jet Wells, Michael's son is playing great. Max Orchard's playing really well. They haven't lost a game yet. Uh, I mean, this is a, a, a really big matchup, three consecutive games of, of really good teams, but uh, highlighted by, obviously, uh, an undefeated team in Fruital Monument. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, obviously, Fruit is playing at a, in a, a high level right now. Everything that they're doing against all their opponents has been incredible. Uh, you know, we want a tough schedule. We, that's how we're going to get better. I, I don't like to build cupcake schedules just to fluff my schedule with wins. That's not how I work and operate. So, for me, you know, this I, I enjoy this part of the stretch, right? Maybe another coach uh, wouldn't like this. Uh, I enjoy this part. I enjoy the fact that the kids get to go out and compete with three very tough and talented teams that are going to really push us outside of our comfort zone and, and challenge us and help us grow. Uh, so for me, I, this is an exciting weekend. You know, for our guys, you know, we just want to keep uh, making uh, improvements, right? We want to we want to improve tomorrow night against Montrose. We want to improve the next night against Junction. We want to improve the next night against Fruita. Those are all three very tough teams I think are going to challenge us. And, and we're going to get a good idea of where we're at as a program. Uh, this year uh, and so you know we're open we're, we're open to this we're excited for it the guys are excited for it they're ready for the competition and uh, once the ball goes up in the air you know hopefully uh, we're, we're putting ourselves in a position where we're, we're competing the entire game and giving ourselves a chance to, to be in position to win a ball game at the end but you know you know as for Fruto, you know Mike Wells is obviously doing an incredible job there and they deserve to be number one uh, they're winning a lot of basketball games and they're winning by a large margin so they're making a statement and uh you know probably the best team uh one of the best teams in the state right now when you've watched the wildcats either in person Corey, or watched a little film uh what, what's been the thing that's been that impresses you the most about michael wells wildcats team right now i mean the way they're playing defense right now i mean mike has got them buying in on the defensive end they're, they're flying around, they're swarming, their hands are up and active. You know, uh, having a rim protector like uh, DT uh, helps your, your defense a lot. It allows you to cover that backside. So your, your guys trust that you're going to be there to help them out. And, 
Uh, you know, offensively, I think they're doing a good job moving the ball around. You know, you can tell that they're playing more fluid. Uh, and so they got a lot of confidence right now. You know, Mike's done an incredible job, which we knew was going to happen. Uh, when you get two new coaches in the Valley that have coached before and they've been successful, you know it's going to be a tough matchup when they when you go face them again. So they're going to have those their guys rolling. And, you know, Dutch will have his guys rolling. Fruitoa, Mike will have his guys rolling. And it is going to be a, a, a great stretch for us. It's going to be a tough stretch. You know, by no means do we think this is going to be easy. We know it. we got our work cut out for us. But like I said, this is, as a coach, this is what I want. You know, I'm not going to define my career based off of wins and losses. I'm a, you know, I want to see if our guys grow and, and mature as players when we, we see this kind of competition. And, of course, they'll, have part of, uh, they'll be part of our full-court coverage on Tuesday when Palisade hosts Fruita Monument. Uh, Corey Hitchcock, Bulldogs boys basketball coach with us on the team. I want to wrap it up here, Corey. Something we talked about yesterday. I saw this on Facebook from you about wouldn't it be cool to play a game during the day so more students could potentially come out and, and watch high school basketball. Uh, give me you know where this kind of came from, this idea of, of playing. It's nothing that's been you know finalized or even really discussed, I think, at any great length, but it's something that you put out there that uh, give me some of your thoughts about this and, and why you put this out on, on Facebook because I think it's, it's an intriguing idea to have a, a one game during the season during the afternoon, during a, 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 you know, the week of, of, of a normal high school schedule? Yeah, well, first off, the, the social media king, Mike, reached out and said he would be open for that. So I, I know he thinks it's a cool idea, too. <laughs> uh, you know, I saw something on Twitter uh, posted about it, and I said, man, what a great idea, especially for our Valley. You know, if we kind of all four of us teamed up and on the same day, uh, you know, whether it be Junction Central, Fruit Central, whoever it is, play a game during the day and bring some excitement and get, let the kids that don't normally get to come to the games have an opportunity to attend a game. I think in Palisade we have a unique situation because, you know, a lot of our kids aren't from Palisade. So, you know, a lot of our kids struggle coming back to the games at night with rides and stuff like that. So I just think it would be a, a great environment for the kids, you know, and, and that's what I think we need to remember the opportunity for the kids to play in a cool environment, everything that we do is for the kids. The reason I coach is I want them to provide them with the best opportunity and the best experience that they can have in high school. So, uh, yeah, nothing's been talked about. I haven't even uh, brought it up to anybody. I just posted that on Facebook, and Mike responded. And, and obviously, it, it got some positive feedback from a lot of people. Uh, I think it would be a neat idea if, if we kind of jumped on board on that with, as a district. But, you know, that's above my pay grade, and there's way more people involved that, that, that need to get involved than me uh, when it comes to making that decision. Absolutely. Well, you have our support here on the team of that happening. We think that'd be really cool to see. Hey, Corey, I know you got to run. Uh, always appreciate you coming on with us on short notice. Uh, and have a, have a great day, and, and good luck this weekend with, uh, with Montrose and Grand Junction. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Have a good day. You too. Take care. Corey Hitchcock, Palisade Boys basketball coach. We'll take a break. We'll come back with Around the NFL. Also, your chance to play Who Is It coming up next hour on the Team Sports Network.